So here we are, it's episode three of the Silver Stumps podcast. I'm here with GT. So, GT, how is the World Cup going? We're recording this on Friday. Quite a few of the group games gone by. Well, Trev, I've got to tell you, I mean, I'm not looking very good because I've been up early morning watching this <laughs> cricket. Um, so the wife's given me a little bit of grief, but I'm really getting into it. I'm watching all sorts of the games. I'm watching the rest of the world. I'm watching Sri Lanka. You know, who thought the Canadians? For me, um, I'm all in. Now, you've been watching this on YouTube then, is that right? Because I've been catching a bit of it on YouTube as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the coverage, you know, I mean, it's not Sky Sports, but, you know, someone's doing a good job out there. So, you know, I'm sticking with it. And um, it's good enough for sure. There's some close-up things. You can hear a bit of commentary. And um, what I like about it is you can zip up and down the recording. So if you miss something, ah, you can okay. go back. Okay. Yeah, a little tip there, Trev. Ah, that's kind of cool. Well, I suppose listeners could do that with our podcast as well. They could probably nip in and out of it and uh, if they want to listen to something again. But yeah, I've been impressed with the YouTube coverage. They've obviously got two or three different camera angles and they've got a couple of commentators as well. So it's it's all good, isn't it? So, so how are England getting on and our friend Mr Richard Merriman then? Well, all being well, we're going to get Richard on the next show so he can give us the inside skipper view. But so far, so good. They had a couple of warm-up matches, uh, which they won, and they have won the first three games. Okay. Pretty convincingly, I would say. Um, been some excellent cricket, some tremendous uh, fielding. There's been some um, huge contributions with the bat. There's been some uh, top bowling. The pitches look pretty flat. I have to say, I think the bowlers are having to work pretty hard. And, uh, you know, the conditions, humidity is high. My guess is Richard's probably lost a few pounds. He's got plenty <laughs> of runs. So that's always good when the when the skipper's in the runs. So he must be he must be feeling good. The squad must be feeling good and looking forward to the last two games. I think they play... Uh, the USA, is it, Trev, tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, that that was scheduled for today, actually, but it's been moved to tomorrow. Now, we're not quite sure why that happened. South Sable. Africa, is it, I think, on Monday? Yeah, it is. And yeah. uh, you're uh, Stato. You've been all <laughs> over the groups, haven't you, Trev? So well, give us a little bit of the scores on the doors, well, we're, how we're, they're looking. Yeah, well, we're recording this sort of early afternoon on Friday, so it, hopefully, uh, listeners, you'll be listening to this sometime on Friday. And... Um, Right now, England are top of Group A, win, three wins out of three, as you said, GT, and a great net run rate as well, which I think is the deciding factor if points are equal. So according to my calculations, um, you know, all the other teams bar the USA have got one game left. So if England beat the USA tomorrow, they are guaranteed top spot. And the way wow. it works, the way it works is if you're top of Group A, you play the runner-up of Group B in the kind of top semi-final and then if you're second in Group A, you play the winner of Group B. And then those two winners go into the grand final. But everybody else in the tournament will have some sort of semi-final type of game and some sort of final type of game. But clearly you want to be in the, in the main ones. So, uh, so England looking good. I, you know, I, I think they, you know, they're looking certain to get to the semi-finals bar a mathematical you know, uh, very big swings in, in other games. And 
have you seen any individual performances that you've uh, well you've enjoyed watching? Well, we've seen Lincolnshire lad Monty Douglas didn't play in the first game for England. Has scored back to back centuries. Were you impressed wow. with that? Go Monty! <laughs> you you must have seen some of that, though, did you? Yeah, I mean, I did. I mean, he hits a long ball. Whoa. Mr. Douglas, fantastic to see. You know, it must be great for uh, Richard to have somebody like that. And I think the great thing about this England squad is that you know, it's got bags of variation. And uh, if everyone can uh, stay fit, I think Nick Gaywood, Nick, might have a, a little bit of an Achilles thing. I've just heard on the drum oh, okay. uh, drums. So um, get well soon. Nick, strap it up. I've had an Achilles myself that's gone wrong. I know it's very sore. I was hobbling about, couldn't really couldn't really run, so I feel your pain. But somebody else will be keen to yeah. step in, I'm, I'm sure. You know, it's been a real interesting team effort. Um, yeah. Everyone yeah. seems to have contributed. Uh, I feel a bit for um, poor old Ed Gordon Lennox. <laughs> he uh, he reminds me of myself. Keeps finding ways to get out. So, um, but you know, with Ed, such a class player, you well, know he's going to come good. For those of you who didn't see, Ed didn't play in the in the in the game number three, but in game number two against Canada, he went in and the, it was all set for him to you know get a you know some quick runs and uh, second ball wide outside the off stump and he dragged it onto the stumps. Can you believe it? So he went second ball for naught. But I kind of had a little chuckle because I played against Ed when he played for Gloucestershire a couple of years ago and uh, he opened the bowling for them and I opened the batting. Second ball he bowled to me was a rank long hop outside the off stump. Similar ball to what he got. <laughs> and I managed to under-edge it somehow to the keeper. But uh, anyway, there we go. So, uh, but no, you're right. And, and Richard said a lot about squad rotation, didn't he? And that's... The, the squad has rotated. I think everyone's played at least one game. Maybe uh, most of them played two, I think. Yeah, definitely. What surprised me, although I don't know why I'm surprised really, it's been the quality of the fielding. Mm. I mean, let's not forget, buddy, and we know what's going on here because we're similar vintage. These are not young men. <laughs> but in the game against Canada, we've got not one but two contenders for catch of the tournament. Wow, okay. Did you see um did you see Marcus Young's oh, the cotton bowl? Yes, you I mean, this unbelievable, man, unbelievable. This man is 67. <laughs> I mean, he's defying science. Lovely loopy leggers, but he's got he's got a lovely cunning goog or two. Mm. He's got this great variation. So, you know, I think his you know, his wickets for fun. Well, he's really, he's fantastic. really turning into a key man yeah. with the ball on those pitches. So, flighted this one up, and his natural action sort of takes him a little bit away to the left. And uh, the Canadian chap, he sort of drove it back towards him, low to his right, and like like a teenager, he <laughs> takes off, scoops it up one handed. <laughs> Oh, it's extraordinary. Well, he goes off shaking his head. He's having a great and then, tournament. A couple of overs later, if it's possible, I think he was outdone. Again, Marcus was bowling. To be fair, dropped this one a little bit short. And the left-hander picked it up sweet as a nut, hit it like a tracer bullet out to the square leg boundary. And uh, big Jason Caunt was out there <laughs> um, patrolling. I mean, he's got... He's got hands like buckets, Jason. He's a he's a big man. 
Anyway, I think the sun was in his eyes or something. Wow. Ball's coming towards him, and you're thinking, this could end very badly if it hits him on the old nut. So he's basically looking the wrong way, sticks out a left hand, <laughs> catches it like head high. I mean, it's just an unbelievable catch. Wow. So with catching and fielding and athleticism like that, lads, you know, I think I think it's going to be your tournament. Come on. How can it not be? <laughs> well, just, just to clarify, if you haven't caught up, listeners, if you go onto a site called Crick Heroes, and the easiest way to get to that site is via the over England Over Sixes Facebook page. There's a link. And on the Crick Heroes site, you get all the details. You get the league tables, the leaderboard in terms of who's doing what. And at the moment, Marcus Young is top of the pops as far as wicket takers go. He's, he's up there with nine. There's four or five others on nine wickets for the tournament, but most of those have played four matches. He's only played three so uh yeah so as we say england looking good to qualify um have you been uh, having a look across group b at all where our friends from wales are playing well i know you've um you've played a bit of cricket in wales trev so you've got a bit of a soft spot for the welsh but <laughs> yeah. it's it's looking tough for those guys i saw poor old pete doherty pull up lame and had to be carried off. I I felt really bad for him. You don't really want to be in Chennai with a pulled calf muscle, bless him. So um, yeah. get well soon, Pete. And uh, Mike Hayden, who a uh, great player from Swansea, um, broken his thumb, I'm told, after two games. Um, so he's not played. Dear. But yeah, I mean, the, everybody's played four matches in uh, in Group B with just one group game to go. It is quite tight. There was a big result today where the West Indies... Turned over Australia, who'd marched through their first three games without any kerfuffle. And the rest of the world, I don't know whether you saw this, GT, but the, India scored 300 for the second game running. They don't, they'd lost their first two games. They'd won the third game. They scored 300 against the rest of the world today. And the rest of the world knocked them off with three and a half overs to go. No way. Yeah. <laughs> they chased down 300. They did, yeah. Yeah, a boy called T. Bennett. We don't know his first name, but somebody will. From Scotland, 137. So it's not Tony, is it? I might have got that wrong. No, that Scratch could be that. That could be the singer. That, out, that could be the singer. <laughs> it might be. That the... must have been a hell of a game. <laughs> I um, I've got half an interest in the um in the Indian team because I know that Sanjay Berry is opening for them, and okay. I think he got a hundred in an earlier game. I know him because he's a Surrey lad. Uh, a lot of players will know him. Super player. I mean, really top top player. And we came up against him, the Northamptonshire boys. We played Surrey in the last 16 okay. of the um, okay. Cup last year. And we lost the game, I think only by about 28 runs in the end. But uh, Sanjay opened the batting uh, for Surrey. We didn't know who he was. In the 18th over, when he was out for 80 <laughs> of 46 <laughs> balls, including seven sixes, we kind of got an introduction to the man. And um, he took a bit of a liking to uh, Mark Pearson and uh, Dave Walkley, our uh, two opening bowlers. Um, bless <laughs> you, lads. I said I'd give you a name check. Um, <laughs> but they'll be back. So I was keeping an eye on him, really. But it looks like India are not going to qualify no. for the finals now. No, no, because they lost the first two games, which puts you under the cosh. And um, they had to win today to stay in contention. So both themselves and the rest of the world are now out. So at the moment, Australia have got six from four. The West Indies and Sri Lanka, five from uh, four because they tied a game. Um, and Wales on four. So Wales could still make the top two, but 
The only way they can do that, they've got to beat the West Indies on Monday and they've got to hope that the rest of the world beats Sri Lanka. Uh, that's their only real live way of qualifying because of the tie has created this oddity of the points, you know. So uh, Right, so they've got so, a dog's chance. Yeah, yeah. With some yeah. injured men. Yeah, but of course Australia... Um, it's a battle for them. Australia could still miss out because if Sri Lanka and the West Indies both win and India beat Australia to finish the tournament on a bit of a high, even though, you know, they're not going to qualify as the host. Sure, then, pressure's off. Then West Indies and Sri Lanka would go through. So it's... Uh, it's, it's wow. Yeah, so listeners, set your alarms for early in the morning and follow it all on YouTube on Monday and on Crick Hero's site as well. And, uh, and yeah, let's, let's see how it all gets on. But good luck to the Welsh boys, because, you know, it'd be great, to, uh, great for them to get through. Um, yeah, but they needed to beat Sri Lanka today, really, and they, they lost by five wickets in a, a game, you know, 240 plays... 245, somewhere around there. Anything else you've spotted that's uh, been a standout for you or a, or a moment of interest that you've seen so far? Well, i tell you what I have tried to do, Trev. I've tried to do a little bit of star spotting. Aha! Uh-huh. You know, uh, across the teams, <laughs> see if there's any first-class players or ex-internationals that um, I recognise playing in a tournament like this. Because you do get a little sprinkling, mm. you know, across the world. And I did spot playing for Zimbabwe. And to be honest, it was difficult to miss because <laughs> I think it would be fair to say he is a big unit. Um, the great Edo Brandes. Oh. That's a name that we remember, Trev. Oh, yes. Played one-day internationals and I think nine test matches for Zimbabwe. was an all-rounder, big chap. He came in off a few paces, bowling uh, some off-spin, and I don't really want to mention this to Richard, but he got Richard out, didn't he? Chipped him to extra cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but as I say, there aren't many players that make Monty Douglas look small. <laughs> Edo does. So yeah. um, good luck, Edo. Great to see you playing and uh, waving the flag for ex-internationals at the tournament. Gives it some credibility and it's great for us mortals to play against, not that I'm there, of course, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's great for the lads to be playing against people that have played Test cricket, isn't it, Trev? Absolutely, yeah, it is. And uh, I did catch it because the the uh, he played for Zimbabwe in England's last game, which was yesterday uh, on the Thursday, and I did catch a little bit of him. Um, but I don't know whether you spotted, but he um, he opened the batting, got a dozen against England, and then Steve Aston who's having a great tournament as the relatively new keeper, was mentioned when we when we uh, spoke to Richard, didn't we? Because there was a bit of, you know, Omni and Ari about the keepers for the selection, wasn't there, if you remember? And, he spoke uh, for choice. We're going to give John Goldthorpe a, a shout-out here. Because <laughs> John, John was mentioned. John didn't make the squad, but he was mentioned, and he, he, was, uh, he dropped us a very nice email, and... Uh, yeah, I've tried to persuade him to come and move to Cornwall. So, uh, <laughs> come on, John, you can come and live in Cornwall. <laughs> anyway, Steve Aston uh, stumped Edo Brandis um, for 12. So that must have been a bit of sharp work. And Steve had three stumpings and two catches in that match as, in that match as well. Yeah, very good. As, as we said, I think, you know, everybody seems to be contributing. And I think Richard's probably in the mindset now where he's, trying to keep everybody in good form and fitness mm. for the latter stages of the tournament because obviously you don't want to go into that, you know, feeling tired and, um, you know, carrying too many injuries. So I'm sure everyone's going to get a go. Yeah. And uh, with two games to go, they only need to win one, as yep. you said, Trev, to yep. guarantee that top spot. Yeah. 
so all to play for. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, it'd be interesting, won't it? Because if they beat the USA on Saturday, tomorrow, as this podcast is being recorded, then they're bound to be number one in the group. So nothing on the South Africa game. So you could argue those lads have only maybe played once or twice will play and maybe some of the... Without, I know Richard doesn't want to have stars in the team, but inevitably there are players who are f- going to be first choice, let's face it, on the sheet. So probably rest those guys for the last two games, hopefully the semi-final and the final. Now, what we don't know, what we haven't had confirmed is when those when that semi-final is, because originally it was going to be on Friday, March the 1st. The group's changed since we uh, interviewed Richard. We knew, we've no longer got Pakistan and Bangladesh in the tournament. So we're thinking that the semi-finals could be on the Thursday, the 29th, and the final on Saturday, the 2nd. But I don't think we've had confirmation of that, have we? No. I think um, because a couple of the teams um, dropped out of the um, tournament for uh, visa reasons, Bangladesh and uh, Pakistan, I think it's necessitated a little rejig. Uh, understandably, so the organisers are working in real time here. But so far, to the casual observer from the outside, everything seems to have gone very smoothly. When we get Richard on for an update, um, hopefully before um, the final. Come on, Trev, let's be positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're not we're not talking any third or fourth place here. We, you know, we've set our stall out. The boys are aiming high with uh, with good reason. He'll be able to give us a little bit more insight from the camp, how things are going, and um, his mindset in terms of um, preparation. You know, I've been really impressed with, you know, what I would call sort of positive intent from the England lads. Body language is really good. They're really pushing hard for the singles. You know, they're supporting each other. You know, seems a very encouraging environment. Um, tremendous, great for the whole squad, pulling together, you know, working together. And that can only positive thing, can't it, in yeah. terms of, you know, trying to trying to lift this trophy. I've been very impressed with the way Richard's been leading from the front. He's been opening the batting, and I, I don't know whether you, whether you spotted this, but in the first warm-up game, it wasn't on YouTube, but they showed a clip on the Facebook page. The very first ball of the tour in the first warm-up game, he took it and he he danced down the wicket and he smacked it through mid-on for four. And I was yeah. to say, right, guys, this is going to be... And I, I noticed in the Zimbabwe game, um, uh, Tony Birkbeck from uh, from Durham was out for naught, opening the batting with Richard in the third over, and the score was already 24. So Richard must have been getting after him at the other end straight away. So, so yeah. uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's great. There's positive intent, not letting the bowler settle. Yeah. You know, really, you know, carrying the initiative, you know, backing themselves. Um, I think that probably gives everybody confidence. Yeah. And poor old Ed. I mean, <laughs> not giving you a hard time, Ed, you know, because me and Trev, we're two of your biggest fans. But even though you're not getting any runs, <laughs> I think he's. I think he's run out about five people already. <laughs> Did you see the first one when he was? No, I didn't see it. But I he heard was sitting on his ass basically. Made a great start. <laughs> sitting there, swivelled, picked it up, arrowed it in to the non-striker's end, and ran out the top Kiwi opener. Wow! So, wow! There you go, Ed. Well, I, I I think Mr. Gordon Lennox is the big big match player. And I, I, I'd be at all surprised if he doesn't become, you know, leading run scorer in the semi-final and let's hope the final as well because uh, he did that in the, it was it the Canada Cup or the other tournament they won in 2023 where he was, he got a big score in the final. So uh, you need your big players to come through yeah. when it really matters. Yeah, so you um, do. Um, so stay fit, everybody. 
Yeah. Uh, get plenty of um, rest and relaxation in. Everybody here in the uh, UK has got your back. And, um, you know, uh, I don't have to get up, I don't think, do I, Trev? Or do I? There's a game, isn't there? Oh, man, another early start. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. yeah, they're against the USA. Crikey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there we go. Is that, are we? I think we're done, aren't we, for this uh, catch-up episode? And let's hope next time we'll be talking to Richard again. More to come. So far, so good. They're really entertaining us. Um, good luck to the lads there. Thank you for... Um, giving us the opportunity to uh, talk about you. Uh, don't sue us. You know, it's just a bit of fun. <laughs> no one's listening. Remember that. And uh, take care of yourselves. And uh, Trev and I will be back. Don't know when, but it'll be soon. It will. And if you do like listening to this podcast, then uh, please do share it. That would be great. And if you want to leave us a review via your podcast app or you want to mention it on LinkedIn or Facebook or anywhere, just tag us in and that would be that would be absolutely fantastic. So, uh, And this is episode three, so if you missed the first two, you're a new listener, then you've only got two to catch up on. So that would be great. So, yeah, as GT said, good luck to everybody you know listening who's uh, involved in the tournament and especially the England boys of course and uh, yeah we look forward to uh, having Richard on hopefully in the next episode so uh, early morning for you GT you, you're not an early morning yeah. person though are you really normally no I'm really not <laughs> let's leave it at that <laughs> cheers Trev talk soon buddy take care mate cheers now bye bye